Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 172, and it's titled How Hormones May Be Wrecking Your Sex Life, part two. <laughs> it's not really a part two. If you listened to last week's episode, we did talk about hormones. We talked a little bit more from the MD perspective and how he diagnoses and prescribes. This week, we're going to talk a little bit differently because we have another guest on who has some fantastic experience. We'll read his bio in a minute. He co-wrote a book on bioidentical hormones. He has personal experience using them. So now you're going to get like, what is it really like? What, how, how does it really affect your life? Like from somebody who's really gone through it before. So I think this is going to be really, really valuable information. And I'm sure he's got some amazing nuggets to share. So hang in there because we're going to dive in real soon. Before we introduce today's guest, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men, whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. Our guest today is Dr. Robert Fleischer. He holds a BA in psychology and DMD with a specialty in endodontic and continues to lecture at Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. He has penned several nonfiction books on aging and relationships, including The Sexless Marriage Fix and Dating Again, a guide to dating just when you thought you were done. So welcome, Robert, to the Love Lab podcast. Great to be here. Nice seeing you folks. <laughs> All right. So we're going to dive right in here. And one of the things that I want to do is help the listeners get a feel for um, your knowledge level on this subject. So the first question is... Drum roll. <laughs> As we heard in your bio, you're not an MD, but you are a dentist and you also co-wrote a book on hormones. So what we were kind of getting at was like, given the field of, of medicine, because it is a field of medicine that you were practicing, given that field, how did you end up coming into the realm of hormones and co-writing a book on it? Uh, great question. I, I have a lot of experience with it personally. Uh, first of all, it's important to understand, you've all probably heard of Masters and Johnson, uh, Bill Masters, Virginia Johnson. Mm -hmm. Virginia Johnson, who wrote some of the most profound sex information available, uh, had no college education when she started, and she never actually finished up with a, uh, a, any kind of medical degree, anything like that. So you don't have to be an MD to understand these things, number one. Absolutely. Number two, I, I, I've experienced, I've gone through a lot of interesting experiences with a, uh, a difficult marriage that ended in divorce. I, I saw a lot of the flaws that came through that caused our marriage to dissolve. And I talk about them in the sexless marriage fix. And, and there are six reasons that marriages fail. And the, one of the big ones that we're going to talk about a lot today is hormones. But there are other issues. There's personal issues. There's psychological issues, physical issues, uh, behavioral issues, which are huge. I mean, that's one of the reasons a lot of people fail. And then there are hormonal issues. 
And as uh, Dr. Roberta Morgan, who I co-wrote the book with, uh, she always says, get a blood test before you go for marriage counseling. Because Mm -hmm. if, in fact, you don't have hormones working for you, which control your libido, it's, you could go to all the marriage counseling, all the talk therapists, you could do whatever you're going to do. It's not going to work. And just like young people want to have sex anytime with anything, it's because their hormones are flowing in abundance. So that's where the hormone level comes in to keep people together. So when people have failed relationships, whether it's marriage or a relationship that's not marriage, you have to be able to make sure your hormones are working. So that's why we had recommended having a blood test. Interestingly, I met Dr. Morgan on a dating service because I had just recently been uh, divorced and I was looking for companionship. That's why dating again came out because you never know when you're going to be dating again, whether it's through death of a partner, divorce or whatever the cause may be. So I, I really, really came close to the subject personally. I saw a lot of things. Now, interestingly, when I contacted Dr. Morgan, I wasn't interested in dating. I actually just loved her bio and I wanted to talk to her because she wrote about everything that interests me. She wrote about bioidentical hormones. She wrote about relationships and all these things. So when we got together, it was initially to be a platonic relationship, uh, which eventually we dated on a, a more serious level, which we in fact ended because neither of us know what we're doing. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want want everybody to turn off the blog. Oh, my God. Yeah, he has a lot of experience. He screwed up multiple relationships. But uh, it, it turns out that she gave me such incredible insights, one of which was she turned me on to testosterone, which is the bioidentical hormone that men can take. And I dabbled, because I write about aging, I dabbled with all sorts of things. I would go online and see these over-the-counter things. This will increase your human growth hormone. This will make your testosterone double and triple. And honestly, I don't think any of those work, at least for me, they didn't. If it works for you, great. Could be a placebo effect. Maybe it does work. But most of them don't really work. The real deal is testosterone injections. And that's what she turned me on to. And all of a sudden, I went from not having the libido that I really had before to having a libido that was like awesome. Uh, and we, what basically, guys, if their libido is low, all of a sudden they're going to go, oh my God, I have morning and nighttime erections. Now, you may not have anybody to do anything with it, but at least you got it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's pretty exciting to see that, that rise. Uh, so that, that was important to me to experience that. I also have, I've seen a lot of people, as you get up in age, you two are young, so you don't know this yet, but a lot of women start losing their hair dramatically. Not everybody, but a lot of women, literally, you look at them, you go, oh my God, they're going to be bald soon because their hormone levels are down. Now, there could be other issues that cause hair loss. I'm not saying that's the only thing, but you could definitely see a change in the hair. I, I started dating somebody uh, other than Dr. Morgan. After we had broken up, I met a lovely lady, and she had the thickest hair I had ever seen. It was, like, amazing. Like you, Celine, you have beautiful hair. Uh, so, And you do, too. <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, but, you know, guys, are, guys deal with male pattern baldness. So, we're, you know, we, we got to deal with that. But to see women in their 50s losing their hair some more than others, some never. But the fact is, maybe they should get a blood test and find out if their hormone levels are down. So I, I saw with the girl I was dating that had amazing hair, 
She also told me she was on hormones, which I thought was interesting. When I did a little inspection, I found out she was on basically birth control pills. This is the hormone level that a lot of doctors give people because they don't know what they're doing. And I, I hate to say that. And the first thing they'll say, oh, you're, you're hearing that from a dentist. Okay, but the fact is, there's a lot of studies out there. You don't have to be a dentist to know that there is something really wrong with taking birth control pills, period, let alone as hormone replacement for menopause. So I told her, I said, call your doctor up and find out what blood tests he's done for you. And she got back to me and she said, well, he, he doesn't do any blood tests. So you're taking powerful hormones. No one's checking to see if your estrogen level is where it should be. No one's checking to see if your progesterone and testosterone levels are where they should be. So basically, that, in my opinion, that's malpractice. And I bet a lot of your listeners are in that same boat. So one of the big, I'm talking a lot. So if you want to jump. <laughs> well, all right, yeah. So that, that, that's a good place to, to take a break because you said a lot of things in there and I want to come back to a few of them. And for sure, a few of them are, are follow-up questions that we already have on our list. But the first, the first point that I want to jump in and make is that, you know, you're, you're talking about, okay, you, so you wrote a book on the marriage fix and there's a bunch of different things that potentially impact relationships. The point that I kind of wanted to reiterate that you brought up was that even if you're doing everything right as far as your relationship goes, there's a possibility that if your hormones are out of whack, technical term, <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that those things aren't going to work. In other words, there are potentially hormone issues that are driving what's happening in your relationships. And so if you ever want to really fix those problems in your relationship, you got to start with the underlying hormone imbalance first and yes. then do all those other things on top. And so I just wanted to kind of reiterate that for the audience because you know, what, what Celine and I do when we work with people is we work with all those other things, right, with couples and how to get their sex life going again. But we could potentially be just running into a brick wall over and over again if somebody's hormones are so out of balance that they're never going to be able to really achieve what we're trying to achieve with them. What you just said is so absolutely important because a lot of talk therapists, psychologists, marriage counselors, they don't address it at all. You guys are interested, and that's why we're talking, and you hit it on the head. You, you could have a couple, you're trying to get them better. But if one of them has no libido and the other does, you're going to have trouble getting them together. And by the way, I get your emails that are amazing. I mean, I almost want to join the club and <laughs> do all that stuff. Uh, but how to be a better lover. But if the, And it seems to be directed to guys, probably because I'm getting the guy stuff. I don't know. But it basically, you could turn a guy into an amazing Romeo, great lover. But if, in fact, his partner is not feeling it, not have a libido, yeah, he's going to be a great lover with somebody else and you're going to break up the marriage. So you don't want that to happen. Uh, so no, that's beautiful that you're addressing this. And obviously you're not going to do the blood test for them, but you to recommend, say, hey, let's check out your hormones and then let's work on behavioral issues that we've talked about. Let's work on physical issues and so forth. Because there's ways to get a guy to have an erection, even if he's had prostate surgery or even if he's uh, a paraplegic. There's ways to do this, but he has to want to. And we talked about this before. I talk about it as my the catch-23. The catch-22 is a, everybody kind of heard of that or saw the movie. 
it's where there's a problem and there's no solution. So you just can't fix it. My term of catch-23 is that there is a problem, there is an absolute solution, but you don't care. You have no desire to fix it. And that's what happens a lot of times with relationships that fail. There are people Now, by the way, if both people lose their libido at the same level at the same time, there's no problem because neither one wants sex. They don't care. It's the catch-23. Yeah, there's solutions. They're never going to come to you, by the way. Those people aren't coming to you and telling you, look, my, my relationship's terrible. I don't have enough sex. I don't have better sex. But it's the people where one has the libido, one doesn't. They're going to come to you, and you could do all the work in the world with the one with the libido, and you could try to do work with the one that doesn't have libido, but it's futile. It's truly, I mean, they, yeah, you know, with, psychologically, they can go, okay, look, I know my mate wants to do this, so I'm going to do it, unless it's the guy, because the guy can't perform unless he has popsicle sticks and a duct tape, because <laughs> if he basically, if he can't get it up, he's not going to be able to perform. And that's not even true, because there are ways he can even get it up. But, but the thing I'm saying is that they both have to be in alignment, and if they both don't care, they're not coming to you. They're not going to marriage counselors. They actually may still, because remember, there are other things. If a person is picking on the other partner, if they're nagging, if they're uh, ignoring their partner, all those things that I call behavioral issues, even if they have poor grooming, a couple with one that has poor grooming, they may not even want to hang out with the other one. So forget about sex. So there's a lot of things that have to be fixed. You have to address them all. Or individually, when you talk to people, find out what their biggest problems are and then work on them. But it all boils down to if it has to do with sex and there's no hormones, there's no libido, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. So let's maybe take a few steps back. You also talked about your own personal experience, how you were doing research and trying different things, and some of them didn't work and some of them did. And then when you got together... um, with uh, the doctor who you co-wrote the book with. She introduced you. I want to know a little bit more about your journey, trying these different things, what worked, what didn't work, how you ended up sort of where you are now, the the journey of bioidentical hormones that you yourself have been through. Well, as I said, uh, Dr. Morgan turned me on to it. She, uh, She was able to prescribe it. That's what she does. And I started doing injections of something called testosterone cyprianate, which, by the way, testosterone is not as big of an issue with bioidentical, not bioidentical. That's the one. That's the pure stuff. That's what makes you have a libido again. So when I start, it's not that I had no libido when I first started doing it, but I just, I just didn't care as much. I, I could see I was fading. I was the fading warrior. I was also at that time about fifty-seven or fifty-nine. I think something like that. Last week, that was a joke. <laughs> uh, so, so it, it really. It was just such an amazing boost. Now, prior to that, because before I even met her, I read about things. And as I said, I would take supplements. And uh, I almost feel like, how gullible could you be? I took a supplement to increase my, uh, the uh, testosterone and human growth hormone. Human growth hormone, by the way, you can get two, but it's very controlled because people were abusing it. Uh, but I remember I took one. It tasted so bad, I thought I would throw up every time I took it. But I figured, but if I can stay young... So what? I'll figure out. I'm a dentist. I could figure out how to get my breath smelling better than this horrible tasting <laughs> liquid. Uh, but when I read it, it said, when you take this in three weeks, your hair is going to go from gray to black. <laughs> it, honestly, I don't know why I fell for that. But it, and my hair wasn't even gray, but I just it just sounded so enticing. All these ads sound enticing. 
So I tried that, didn't work, didn't do anything, tried the testosterone boosters, didn't work. But the testosterone, it was a different world. Like I say, it brought back my libido. So whereas I could see that I probably would have been a fading warrior and at this stage of my life probably have no interest and no ability, ability to even have sex, she kept that from failing. Uh, and that was important. And one of the reasons, and we've talked about this, uh, two of the behavioral problems that are terrible for a relationship, one is withholding sex, and I call it a syndrome, withholding sex syndrome, because basically it has a multitude of symptoms. It's not just you're withholding sex. When you withhold sex, you're causing your partner to have anxiety, anger, frustration. The blood pressure can go up wind up having stroke and a heart attack. So as I say, you could kill your partner by just withholding sex and then you can get all the money from the, uh, from the insurance. Uh, and Don't try that at home, please. <laughs> no, I, I know. I, you, I better not read anything fishy about you two. No, you two are love bugs. Uh, and the other syndrome, which works the same way, is the uh, neglect of the partner syndrome. Ne neglecting your partner does the same stuff. Anxiety, anger, frustration, stress high blood pressure, stroke, death. So those two things are terrible. Well, I was in a relationship where that was happening a lot. And it turns out we were both doing wrong things. I was ignoring my spouse because I was so busy with work. And I, I talk about in my book, the busyness factor. You got to figure out a way to be with each other. If you're going to, you know, everybody wants to make a good living. And I was doing great, but I was not there. And I thought I was there because I thought it was enough just to be around and have sex. And that wasn't enough because then I found out it was being withheld. And then what happens when you withhold sex enough from a guy, he could either run looking elsewhere, he could become a porn addict, or he could actually develop impotence. He could actually lose his ability to have sex because if you keep peaking a person, if you keep letting them get close and then take it away, eventually, psychologically, that just doesn't happen anymore. You start, you don't want to be disappointed again. So I was experiencing all these things, and I'm sure my ex was experiencing these things too, and things just didn't work out. So that was where the testosterone came in, and I learned a lot of things too. I learned when I'm with a person, I have to be there 100%, which is why I only see my girlfriend for two hours a day. No, I'm kidding. I, I, <laughs> a week. Um, the, but, and then that's actually an interesting thing. When you're with people all the time, you need to have something more than sex. You have to have common interests. You have to have love. You can't get bored. You have to do things that make everything work well. So basically, my journey was going through some erectile dysfunction, having to reignite my libido, and then feeling very comfortable in being back in the game and not losing it many years later, like many people do. I think I had mentioned to you, I, uh, I had spoken with a, uh, a billionaire. He was 95 years old. He was known for being quite active sexually all his life. And uh, I, I was chatting with him, and he said, uh, it's, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. It means sexually. And I said, I can get you back in the saddle. I don't know why I was saying that. I was going to have him come in and have his teeth examined. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, <clears throat> he, I said, I can get you back in the saddle. And what I was going to do is send him over to <laughs> Dr. Morgan. And he goes, no, I'm not interested. That's, again, the catch-22. There was a remedy. He didn't care. So when the libido is gone, it's sometimes hard to get back in the game. Uh, and I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want to wind up 
you know, 95 years old and having no interest. Not that you can't survive. You can. You get other interests. You know, you you play bingo. I mean, there's other things that bring excitement into your life. Well, but yeah. I think that that <laughs> I think that sex is important enough that you want to try to keep that in your life too. I don't. An- so. I don't anticipate a day ever coming where I go. Eh, whatever, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> or how about bingo tonight? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Ah, forget it, honey. It's bingo night. <laughs> so, but, but see, I love this conversation that we're having because you two are the epitome of good levels of hormones. I, I wouldn't even have to do a, a blood test on you. You, and most people, young, have a sex drive. Now, not everybody. Those are the ones that come to you where one doesn't, and then you want to get them to get a, an examination and get a blood test. But most people uh, at your age, just what you said, you can't imagine not being with her. And look at her. She's gorgeous. So why wouldn't you want to be with her? That's but it. again, you have to be a good soul. You have to be able to have not let boredom get to you, not let your ego get to you, because there are people that run around. They have a good sex drive and they have a good sex life at home, but they're never happy. So they're always running around. So there's a lot of things that have to be addressed when people come to you with uh, with issues like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting back just one second to my girlfriend that had had great hair and she was on hormones, but she was on dangerous hormones, which we got her off. And I got her over to Dr. Morgan, who still was talking to me, which is nice to be able to break up with people and still have them like you. Uh, and she wound up getting her on hormones and she was doing great. Uh, full head of hair, never, never faltered. <clears throat> always strong sex drive. Always, I mean, again, and we're not talking about somebody that's 30 or 40. I mean, we're talking about somebody that was much older and she was a great mate. Uh, sadly, right now, she is in the memory unit of a, um, of a assisted living home because she developed Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And that could happen to anybody. Uh, but there are a lot of causes that we, we don't even know the cause, but there are a lot of things that can contribute to it but I know for sure that at least with, in her case, it was nothing to do with hormones because she was kept in a perfect level for all that many years. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was curious about how fast did you see a difference? Because I'm thinking about the male listeners who are like not having an erections every day. And then, you know, they might be considering testosterone. Like give them a little bit of like how fast or how slow did it happen? <laughs> <laughs> a message of hope. <laughs> Well, it's not like you inject it and all of a sudden you look down and go, oh, my God, that's incredible. <laughs> uh, no, it, it takes probably, it not, doesn't take long. It doesn't take like months. It takes like maybe a week. Uh, and, and you have to be very careful. This is important. I, I, and I have to address this for Kevin because he said personal experience. You have to be very careful. Because I'm a doctor and I can titer my own medication, I didn't have to go to the doctor and have an injection each week. I, I played around with it myself. And I adjusted my dosage. The first dose that she gave me turned out it was too high. So I had to tone it down. One of the reasons I found out it was too high and I kind of knew it is I was developing acne on my back, also known as backne. I thought that was a joke, but it's a real term. <laughs> I versus legne. No, I'm kidding. There, I had I had developed acne. acne. I'm almost called it backne again. And that's a sign of too much testosterone. There are people that uh, go to the gym and they take uh, these hormones in order to get big muscles. That's not what it's for. That's dangerous. That can cause all sorts of problems. It could cause t- uh, testicles to shrink. It could cause 
all sorts of issues. You never want to do that. But that's why you have to get under doctor's care so that it's done properly. I wouldn't expect everybody to know what level to give themselves, although, you know, the doctor could guide them as long as they stop in every maybe week or two or three. Uh, but I, I wound up adjusting the dose, and I don't need a lot. But along with the erection, which is obviously what we're talking about and is important for sex, there's so many other things that testosterone does for the guy. His executive function is higher. Uh, muscle I mean, again, we're not shooting it like in a gym to get bigger, but it maintains muscle mass. As we age, you're all going to lose muscle. It's just a fact of life. It's called sarcopenia. Your muscles start to shrink as you get older. Uh, so this helps to slow that down. It helps with memory. Guys that have man boobs, that's because they have too much estrogen in their system. Uh, loss of confidence. There's so many things that it helps besides just an erection that all come into play. Because if you have more confidence you're going to be better in bed, or at least it sounds like you should be, you know. <laughs> Again, that depends on the size of your penis. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to have another conversation about that. Right, right. You yeah, know? I'm really confident, with, and it's only now. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing, though, that you also mentioned about um, men having, like, men boobs or, or they have, like, weight in the middle, which are all signs of estrogen dominance, but that can also be with supplementing and not converting your testosterone properly. So this is why yes. it's so important to uh, be monitored and have somebody who is trained and professional who is watching what's going on because you might be taking testosterone and you're like, oh, this is great, but you're not understanding that the process is not happening well and then you're starting to uh, convert it into estrogen and that's creating a whole lot of other problems that's so true that's a big problem with with uh, men and getting prostate problems enlargement and or cancer uh, a lot of folks listening might go to their doctor especially if it's a doctor who hasn't been keeping up with it and they might say oh, i'm not giving you testosterone it causes prostate cancer that's what they'll tell them that was the thought 15 years ago today because of the low T advertisements that were everywhere on television, a lot of doctors said, oh, I, better, I better prescribe this. It's uh, something that's happening. And the pharmaceutical industry was pushing it too. So they started giving testosterone. Uh, they, were, they were giving it, but not monitoring it, not checking for what you just said. Testosterone converts to estrogen if you have too much. Prostate cancer is not caused by testosterone. It's caused by, more likely, estrogen. And a perfect proof, when do men get prostate cancer? They don't get it when they're 18 or 20 or 25, when their testosterone levels are shooting through the roof. No, they get it when they're 50, 60, 70, when their testosterone levels are down. But whatever testosterone they have is converting to estrogen, estrogen giving them man boobs, big waste in the stomach, look like they're pregnant, and they, they can develop all sorts of issues as a result of having too much estrogen in their system. And it's not, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not just from their testosterone conversion, it's also xenoestrogens, estrogens that are in the environment, plastics, BPA, different kind of uh, animals that we eat. When you have beef, if they're injected with the estrogen to plump up a cow or a chicken, and make them more saleable, it's also plumping us up too. So you have to be careful what you eat because estrogen can be a wonder drug, especially for women during menopause, but it can be a deadly drug also for women in terms of getting breast cancer and in terms of getting uh, any kind of estrogenic cancer if you got too much and the wrong type of estrogen. 
we didn't talk anything about women, but uh, right now we're just doing the testosterone thing. Well, we'll get there. Let's take a break first for our second sponsor, and then we'll dive in some more. All right. So if you are a committed couple who is stuck in a rut and just going through the daily motions instead of connecting the way you used to, and you are tired of stale mechanical sex that lacks spontaneity and fun, and you don't want to live a life of average, then Kevin and I would like to invite you to join our highly sexed Power Couple Platinum program. If you give us 90 days, we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. So go to CelineRemy.com forward slash passion to know more about this amazing program. And yes, if your hormones are not working, that is definitely something that we will address and have you checked because it is the foundation. Yeah. Well, one of the great things is, one of the great things about doing this show is that we meet so many interesting people and, you know, it's, it's kind of like even going to school, we're constantly learning things ourselves just from the quality and the caliber of the people that show up on this show and share their knowledge. And so then we can take all of that stuff and incorporate it into the work that we do with others. Okay. So we have primarily been talking about testosterone and men, mostly because you're a man and we wanted your experience. We wanted people to hear, you know, what you were experiencing beforehand you know, how you found it, how it, you know, changed your life. But let's talk a little bit about women, because I know you have some stuff to share about that as well. Absolutely. Uh, before I begin, I do want to say that your program is awesome, because you guys are open-minded, and what you just said, you were willing to learn. And this is what it's all about. So the fact that you deal with behavioral issues beautifully, you also now have a, a foundation to say, hey, let's make sure these people are going to get better, so you have a great program. It's very enticing. I, I think it's wonderful. Uh, when I stop taking testosterone, I'll call you up and take the program. <laughs> uh, the, uh, because I do talk about how to be a great lover in my current book. I did tell you the sexless marriage fix was a real uh, a horrible title because no one no one wants to keep that out on their coffee table. No one wants to sit on a beach reading a book. No one wants to sit on the beach reading a book that says the sexless marriage fix. So basically, they screwed up. The publisher really picked a bad title. Uh, I do have a new book coming out, which will be much better, and it's going to have a lot more information. But anyway, I don't mean to self-promote. Uh, <laughs> regarding women, um, I was so interested in this. This is before I met Dr. Morgan, before I was on hormones. I was younger. I still had a sex drive. I, you know, Things were okay. Uh, but because I had so much interest in what goes on with aging, I got uh, permission to go to a uh, conference with hundreds of women, and it was women all about women or something to that effect. And I, I, they looked at me like I was a, an ogre when I walked in the room. It's like, what are you doing here? I, I have permission. So I listened, and I was all excited, and they were talking stuff that was unfortunately dated and old stuff. And I went home, and I started writing a chapter about women's hormones. And I, it was like almost by chance, all of a sudden— I hear on the news that women have to stop taking hormones. You've got to stop immediately. Why did this happen? There was something called the Women's Health Initiative Study, the WHIS. It was, I think, around 2002. Their goal was to in include thousands of women. I mean, thousands. This was a big NIH study. They wanted to find out 
if estrogen actually could reduce breast cancer. That was the purpose of the study. And halfway in, they found out that the people taking the estrogen were having more breast cancer. They were having blood clots in their lungs. They were having all sorts of negative issues. Everything they thought it was going to help, it wasn't helping. So I had to go and readjust my entire chapter because it didn't now didn't make any sense. And then they were because women were complaining, they were in menopause and they were having horrible symptoms. And what do you mean? I can't take my hormones. So then they adjusted it. They said, well, you can take your hormones, just take less of it, the lowest dose possible and no more than five years. This was the directive uh, out of all the authorities for hormones. Did they ever address bioidentical hormones? No. To this day, some of them are so staunchly opposed to it. It causes cancer. It does this. It does that. Well, the reality is it doesn't cause the cancer if you get the right hormones. So in the, the WHIS study, they were using something called PremPro. What is PremPro? It's a, the hormone that was the estrogen and progesterone that they were giving women. PremPro, PREM stands for Premarin. That's a drug that's mixed in to make PremPro's two drugs. Premarin stands for pregnant mare urine. They get the estrogen in the urine of the pregnant mare, a horse. So obviously, unless you're rather large, you probably don't need estrogen of that level. So right off the bat, that wasn't the greatest estrogen you can give somebody from a, from a horse. Uh, then PRO stood for Provera, so PREM-PRO. Provera was progestin, not progesterone. Progestin is, in my opinion, deadly. That's the thing that's causing the breast cancer, the lung clots, the, the heart conditions, and everything else. I suggest everybody in your audience, if you're on hormones, first of all, you're probably on birth control pills that your doctor didn't know what else to give you, so he gave you birth control pills. And if you look at the ingredients, it's going to say progestin or progestogen. That's another name for it, but it's not going to say progesterone. I know this sounds picky, Yoon, but trust me, that's a horrible medication that a lot of people were and have been and probably still are taking. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're not on progestin. You want to talk to a doctor about possibly doing bioidentical hormones because there you're getting real estrogen, the safe kind, and there are many types of estrogen. There's at least three main types, and you want to make sure you're on the proper one. Well, you can't get this on the internet. You got to go to a doctor that's versed in bioidentical hormones who's going to monitor you and check your blood levels. So you want to be on estrogen and you want to be on progestone, progesterone, not progestin. So I, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, the, yeah, that's really the, interestingly, important. Oh, yeah. That's interestingly. What I'm sorry, go on. I was just going to say, that's what Dr. Platt was sharing with us uh, last week as well, basically very similar to what you were just saying. Great, great, because these are the messages you got to get out there. There's way too much breast cancer, there's way, way, too, way too much prostate cancer, and it's not from the causes that the establishment medicine is telling us it's from, unfortunately. And interestingly, in the, uh, the Women's Health Initiative study, there was a subgroup that was just getting their estrogen, which was still too strong and everything. But it, that group was having less breast cancer. The whole point that they wanted to prove in the beginning, but they ignored that. They just looked at the bigger group that was taking the PremPro, which included the progestin. Well, common sense, if this group has estrogen, 
and is having less breast cancer. And this group has estrogen and progestin and has more breast cancer. Just because this is a bigger group, you don't ignore this group. You have to come to some resolution. Why did that happen that way? So I just think that the studies they're doing are, are they're just missing logic at, at some point. So I think a lot of work needs to be done, but it's getting better. People are starting to understand that there's more to it. Um, other, other than that, there, there are a couple other hormones that we should uh, touch upon. I don't know if your last guest talked about them or not. There's something called oxytocin. Oxytocin is also called the love hormone, the binding hormone. That is the hormone that uh, during pregnancy, it helps contraction of the uterus and helps the baby come out. Uh, it could be supplemented. You can get injections of oxytocin, and it will make you feel in love. It'll make you feel, uh, maybe not the minute you take it, but because uh, you will, I'm sure, ask me how love quick it works. Love potion number nine. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. It kind of is love potion number nine, but it's the bonding hormone. That's why uh, women, after they give birth, they, they want to be with their baby, usually. some Unfortunately, there's other issues that sometimes that doesn't happen. Uh, but oxytocin is an important hormone. DHEA. Yeah, you might have heard of it. It's over the counter. Anybody can buy it. Not in a lot of countries. America, ironically, it's you can buy it anywhere. You can go into any pharmacy. It's on the vitamin shelf. And that's a good uh, supplement to help libido. It increases libido, not like testosterone or estrogen, but it, it helps. Uh, it, in, it decreases abdominal fat, thickens the skin, it boosts immunity, uh, it, it just thing people now will they heard that they're going to go buy DHA and expect all these wonderful things happen. No, it's dangerous if you don't use it properly, but it is something that can enhance your estrogen and testosterone. But that's another hormone that we have to talk about. Uh, then there's MSH, melanocyte stimulating hormone. I don't think your other guest might have talked about that, but that's another one that enhances sexual arousal, uh, it, in, it, it inhibits appetite. Uh, and it causes a natural tan because you might have heard I said melanocyte. Those are the little cells in our skin that make us tan. So if you go to and testosterone, women absolutely need some testosterone. Uh, Dr. Morgan said that when she was giving the women some testosterone, the husbands would come back and thank her because all of a sudden the women were getting more in the mood. So while we don't have a, a, a real sex enhancement medicine for women, uh, there are things that can definitely enhance their libido. Uh, ironically, going back to, we didn't talk about Viagra, but Viagra does not enhance your libido at all. So I remember I once went to my doctor and I said, you know, I'm not as interested in sex. I was thinking maybe I should get some Viagra. And he says to me, he goes, that doesn't increase your sex drive. I said, oh, okay. And that was the end of the discussion. Oh, you had a, I said, you had a boy, good doctor I, there. <laughs> yeah. Usually that's I asked what the wrong give. question. Usually that's yeah, what but I, but and Then you're standing around with for, an erection and you don't want to do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the thing. So I learned, I'm just letting the guys out there, don't go say, eh, my libido's down, I'd like some Viagra. No, go, I can't get an erection, I'd like some Viagra, because that's what it's for. It doesn't enhance right. the libido. So I definitely asked the wrong question. Uh, and he gave me a prescription for it uh, because I guess I started crying. No, no, he, he, he did give me a prescription for it, but he, um, but and I never took it. I became fearful. I'm like a hypochondriac. Everything you can get, I seem to get. 
Uh, and if you look at the instructions on Viagra, you can go blind, you can become deaf, everything could turn blue. I didn't want to become a Smurf. I mean, there was a lot of reasons that I just was reluctant to take it. So, you know, at this point, I haven't taken it. But uh, it, that's been bringing guys back alive. Of course, if they don't have the libido, they're not going to care. But if they're having erectile dysfunction and they still have a libido, that's heartbreaking. I mean, they don't know what to do. So Viagra and Cialis and all those medications really gave a new life to guys. And of course, it was the bane of, of from coming from hell for women that had no libido and didn't want to and were having painful sex. Because don't forget, if women are through into menopause and they're dried out. They don't want to have sex with somebody that can have an erection that could last four hours or whatever you tell them. Uh, so it, th these are things that it's a big picture. You have to pull it all together and balance things out. And you do. The most important thing is get people to stop being mean to each other, get people to behave properly, groom properly, all the things that are needed to make a relationship happy. I had told you, I think I'd mentioned that there was this physician whose wife wouldn't have sex with him for years, for years. And her reason is he had bad teeth. And it's like, you got to be kidding. Why doesn't he go to the dentist? I guess he had a fear of dentists or something. And that was her reason. She said it was grooming. So that's where we bring in grooming. I'm happy but, to hear you say that. We actually did, this goes quite a ways back, but we actually did an entire episode on why you should groom <laughs> for that exact yeah. reason. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. And uh, so he winds up leaving the wife. He winds up getting married to somebody who appreciated his bad gums and teeth. And she winds up still never having sex because that wasn't the big reason. I mean, that, that was the reason she said it was his teeth. But she had no libido, no interest, no interest in getting better. She was the catch-23. And it was he, he could have lived frustrated and miserable. A lot of people live in frustrated, miserable lives because they're not getting what they want in the relationship. It started out great when they were young, but then they got older, and then all of a sudden, the hormones are in decline. They're not treating each other kindly, and things like that happen. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just one thing on, on grooming. I talk about makeup sex, which is amazing. So you have a big fight, and now you have makeup sex. It's wonderful if you do it right. There are bad ways to do it, too, but... Uh, if, but then there's sex makeup. I, I kind of like the play on words. Sex makeup is making yourself look nice. Maybe once in a while, groom nicely for your mate. Pretend you're going on a date with somebody new. These are things to keep relationships healthy. Absolutely. All right. We are, we are pretty much out of time, but we do have one or maybe two more questions. Well, um, a quick, like to wrap it up, Robert, what advice do you have for someone who thinks they might be a candidate for bioidentical hormones? What's their first step now that they've listened to this? What should they do? <clears throat> you have to find a physician that knows bioidentical hormones, not somebody that's just going to give you hormones and not even check you and not do blood work. And, and they really need to know them. And that's a, not an easy question. I happen to have been fortunate that I met somebody that really was on top of it. Uh, but there now a lot of people jumping on the wagon, they want to give it. So you got to do your research. You got to try to find somebody that, uh, maybe look at their website, see if they talk about how they're going to do it. Are they going to go do blood tests and things like that? And you'll find somebody, I'm pretty sure you can find somebody and you have to also decide what way you want to take them. Women could get estrogen through a, a cream that's rubbed on their arm. It could be rubbed on their vagina. They could get a pellet inserted. There's a lot of ways you can take it. One of the things you have to be careful, if you're rubbing it on your vagina, 
you got to be careful when your guy has sex that he doesn't wind up having man boobs because he's getting the estrogen from having sex with you. And I, I'm not joking about that because that was something that I ran into where I found it was very important. You got to put it on after sex or put it on in the morning if you're not having morning sex. But I, as you can see, I never answer a question simply as we're running out of time. So <laughs> I apologize. It's okay. We are getting to our last juicy question here. We want to know what is your best sexual talent then, Robert? My best sexual talents? Mm -hmm. Well, as I told you, I'm a dentist. And who would know more about oral sex than a dentist? <laughs> so that would, that would be my cute way of answering that question. <laughs> and quick. It's a, good, it's a good talent to have. <laughs> yes, it is. And it works both ways. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we, that was a fantastic conversation, by the way. Thank you so much for Thank sharing you. all of that stuff. Um, the last thing is, how can our listeners find out more about what you do, find your books, whatever, wherever you want to point them to find out more about you and what you're up to? I, my website is Robert M as in Michael Fleischer. That's F as in Frank, L-E-I-S-H-E-R.com. That's my website. And I, it goes into a lot of things. It mentions the books. Uh, and certainly on Amazon, you can find me. I, I have a, a, about eight or nine books that uh, you can find that they're not all related to having an orgasm or an erection, but <laughs> that's where most of my stuff is located. Thank you for offering me to mention that. You're welcome. That link, of course, will be in the comments, so you can find it there as well. And just lastly, thank you again for coming on the show and sharing your personal experience and knowledge of hormones. Well, I thank you, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're doing a magnificent service for a lot of people out there to keep them from having frustrated lives that just don't seem to go anywhere. You're doing a great job, and, and I've read a lot of your stuff, and you guys are top-notch. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It was you. a pleasure. Thank you, Robert. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>